Welcome to the Cardboard Crash Course. My name's Ethan. I'm your host today, sitting with a few friends. We are getting into a new podcasting type mode. Um, we are going to have a semi-consistent podcast here. I've done a couple in the past. Uh, I just wanted to introduce a few of these people with me. Anthony, say hi. Hey, this is Anthony. Adam. What up? Adam's been on a couple podcasts with me already, uh, one or two in the past, and Christos. How's it going, guys? So the four of us are going to be your main hosts here. We're going to go through a little bit of a uh, student-teacher elementary school, oh, yeah. get to know oh, you, yeah. just so you uh, have an idea. But beforehand, I did want to say that uh, I have done a couple podcasts in the past. Going to try to keep it a little bit more honed in this time. We're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering exclusively on this podcast. Uh, the reason for that is because the four of us love it, and there's yeah. always consistent stuff to talk about. So uh, before we get into more about what the podcast is about, you want to introduce yourselves fully, starting with Anthony? Um, I'm Anthony. Um, I got into Magic basically around Avacyn Restored, uh, that Innistrad era. Uh, I just remember seeing it in Walmart, and... Uh, I, uh, I fell in love with the art of the card, and then I found out, I was like, each card has its own little lore text, and it tells a story, and I was like, wow, this game is just way more beautiful than any other card game I've played, and ever since, I was pretty much hooked, and um, uh, as far as like what I'll bring, uh, is I'm, I'm a complete tryhard now, and so I'll tell you what card is good and what card is not. <laughs> You could say you're gonna say if it's gas or garbage, right? Yeah, I could. Oh yeah, probably that, that was his thing, right? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you were a Yu-Gi-Oh player as well, right? Yes. So you kind of know the power gaming aspect of it. I I do, and um, if if anyone plays Yu-Gi-Oh that's listening to this podcast, I feel bad if you're still playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you play Pokemon too, right? I don't play anymore, um, but I will say Pokemon is also, I think, in kind it's of a weird spot, spot right it's in a weird spot okay yeah I don't, I don't think there's much um creativity if you want to play your own pokemon mm. I, you're, you're, it's you're more kind competitive of, it's, it's meta -based. yeah it's yeah. very meta based Got it. um so it's like if you if you like bulbasaur i mean good luck you're good not luck, gonna yeah. be winning yeah. <laughs> you don't get to play your favorite pokemon you, you don't unless your favorite pokemon's in the meta then yeah, okay of course that's right We've also um, got Adam here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam, um, and uh, I've been on a few videos. We did some recent Wilds Valdrain videos. I've also done some stuff with uh, Ethan, and you might also know of me as Too New For You To Handle. Um, I know that I think I'm linked in the channel, or at least every time something's uploaded in like the Discord. Yeah. I don't really upload videos really anymore, because I used to play a lot of like Call of Duty and video games, and I didn't get into Magic the Gathering, and I... Um, until like Ikoria. So it was like COVID was just hitting and kind of in that lockdown stage. And Ethan and another friend kind of pushed me to maybe make some. Uh, uh, Give it a shot. Yeah, just like to try it out and play some tabletop magic, just like, uh, you know, whatever goes. And obviously it started off low power. And I knew about the game when I was like younger and in Boy Scouts. Um, people had played it, but I was never interested. I didn't want to like kind of learn. Um, and I think at that time it was probably like Zendikar and stuff. So I remember like a few things. And then when I finally got into it, I thought Ikoria was cool and like um, infect creatures mutate. I just thought it was interesting. And I tried out Arena and I'm like, I just started like looking at decks and cards. I was like, oh, this card's cool. And then like, mm -hmm. I just got like really interested in it. 
Um, and then eventually we shifted to commander and like, that's like primarily what I play and what we do play in general. Um, but, uh, definitely a green player. That's for sure. And you have a kind of unique perspective for some of the viewers if they might be coming in now is because you never knew magic before this whole project booster fun flashy era. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely came in as soon as they started releasing like only, well, not just the draft power concept. creep. Yeah, so, yeah. like, everyone else is yeah. older in the game, and I'm the newest player, so I feel like I definitely have a newer player perspective, but, I mean, looking back at it now, it's already been, like, three years that I've been into the game, which is kind of crazy, but, like, I've learned a lot since, but I still kind of have that, like, newer player perspective, because I wasn't there when people were playing standard and doing draft, kind of like Christos, um, which yeah. I can kind of transition right into yeah. your introduction here. Yeah, um... So uh, my name is Christos. Um, I actually kind of likewise started playing more in a more formal way during that uh, Innistrad block, that initial Innistrad block from back in the day. But uh, my first like packs I bought was like back in 05, 06, like maybe 04 in like the original Ravnica block, um, which changed Magic forever. Great block. I wish I had a box so we could draft it. That's how great it was. But uh, I, uh, I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm the old head because I feel like Anthony's equally as old, uh, but I'm definitely the one of probably the player here that's probably done the most magic wise um i i've played standard up until like from like basically innistrad all the way to kaladesh that's when i kind of started stopped playing i played burn in modern it was wrong with eight rack i played uh i played commander in a 1v1 competitive setting as well as a casual setting i've played a ton of uh, pre-releases from like all over the years for like literally a decade um also I, and and i drafted very consistently back in the day um, so I kind of like have done just about everything. Unfortunately, I did take a break like kind of when like 2019 hit, like right around, um, what was that? Thornabelle Drain. Thornabelle Drain. So I, I kind of quit uh, during that time because I just like felt the power creep coming and I just was like. Which I, is essentially when I started playing. Like yeah. you stopped playing and uh, we yeah. weren't really talking at the time because no. I had only like met you through another through, friend. Yeah. But like, and I didn't even know you played Magic. Yeah. So you stopped playing, and it's it's kind of funny that I started playing kind of around the time that you stopped. It it is uh it is interesting coming back now after so many years four four and a half ish years right and and seeing like the game is just in such a different state um and uh it, it is an interesting thing to see like in terms of per my perspective coming back because like man this game is like it's still the game I love it's still the game that I really appreciate strategically and and like art artistically creatively whatever you want to say but man, is it a different looking beast. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, uh, just to comment on what you said, I, I'm definitely a control player at heart. Um, but I'll, I play, I've played just about every type of deck out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm no stranger to like anything, but I hate graveyard decks and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so and you, five man pods and, and five, five man pods. Yeah. Fuck that. I love that we have a couple like s power gamers at the table because de people are definitely interested in that at any budget level mm -hmm. and then i'd almost say that adam is more of a johnny player where you kind of like to just win in some weird flashy way yeah what are, okay wait so there's there's spikes timmy's and johnny's right yeah so spikes and there's hybrids as well there's oh. also Forthos, which only cares about the lore and the art and stuff that's, oh, and, and those that's are the people that make like the like. <laughs> that's more me. Lore, basically anything that's not. Well, wait, wait, yeah. Before we get ahead of ourselves, how about like you give them your your take on like who you are? Because I, I know they know you from the channel, but like, sure. have you ever talked formally about yourself? Not especially. No, my introduction to Magic was kind of weird because I used to collect Pokemon cards um, as a kid, and and a large part of my collection is still in this house, but 
I just found Magic to be a little bit more of a grown-up game um, around the, what was it? My very first pack was from Lorwyn. I was seven years old, and my parents got me a pack from Lorwyn. I pulled a Planeswalker. Um, I don't remember what Planeswalker it was, but that's why I just love Planeswalkers as much as I do. Um, and I love that Magic the Baseball and Secret Lair so much because it's, <laughs> it's the original Lorwyn yeah, 5. Yeah. But that... I, I had nothing to do with the game, didn't even read the rules. It wasn't until 2014 with, uh, I, I believe, with Cons of Tarkir, Dragons of Tar Tarkir, where I bought multiple packs, tried to put together a limited uh, deck. I played with my brother, who was old enough to understand things uh, at that point alongside me. Um, and I kind of just played tabletop magic until I met my one friend, um, who has since moved away, but um, he got me into more powerful tabletop magic, sort of introduced me to the larger game than not just buying packs, but buying singles, building your own constructed deck. Um, and that was, oh, that was 2017. That was at the end of 2017. Um, so we were building mostly like with core sets and all of that. So I really had this sort of like always, I've always been about magic, but it's always been passive. Like, I've always done it in moderation. I've never gone to uh, pre-release events in, in except for, like, really recently. I haven't gone to, like, do many drafts or anything. It's kind of always just been yeah, constructed no. formats consistently through my whole life. Um, nowadays, I'm very much into the financial side of Magic, the collectability of Magic. I like the look of the cards. I tend to like the more flashy things. Um, I'm not a huge fan of foils, but I do like borderless cards. And um, because I... I always have that little bit of like Pokemon love inside of me. Um, so I don't actually hate this whole era of magic as much as it would seem for most people. Um, I actually kind of like, I like this era. Uh, I just don't love the reprints. I like the way the cards look, but I don't love the reprints destroying the collection value. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where I'm sitting with magic right now. I love, I love Commander, uh, but I tend to like 60 card formats more because that's what I've played most through my magic career i was gonna say that's kind of a good uh, good transition to like what formats are we really going to talk about because this is going to be a magic podcast right mm -hmm. but what are we going to be focusing on and uh, i mean i don't know if you want to speak on it but i know we're definitely going to be talking about commander yeah commander and i actually want anthony to talk about this mostly because you build the most i mean christos yeah you build like plenty of decks but you anthony seems to be the most interested in actually sharing those like deck ideas consistently with you all we, we want to build on sort of a budget-friendly idea with the game, because this is the crash course. We're not trying to absolutely destroy the bank, but we do. We want to do like different levels of budget. A starting um, point. A start, starting points for the games, kind of if you don't want to pick up a pre-con, um, you can kind of come to the crash course instead. So if you want to talk about a little bit of your deck ideas. Um, nothing specific of mine, but I will say I love building decks almost probably even more than playing the game itself. I think it's like... Um, I think it's yeah, yeah, in a sense, yeah. You're just like you're you're just constantly thinking. I think it's like the only thing I've ever like when I'm doing it. I just I'm 100% focused and nothing breaks my concentration. That's probably why I really enjoy deck building. And as far as like budget goes, I like the restriction it gives me because it's like 
I'll have like a card in mind that probably just goes like, oh, well, this just goes in the deck. But in that sense, there's a budget restriction. It's like, wow, now I have to find a replacement for that card uh, because it no longer fits into the budget. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's it's like doing something that I love doing, but now I'm putting a challenge on it. So, you know, everyone enjoys a challenge in, in a sense where it's something that you enjoy doing. It gives you something to work towards in general, mm -hmm. um, putting a deck together and having those restrictions, which we've honestly kind of moved a lot towards recently. Um, I think when we first all started playing, it was just kind of like whatever. Um, I was going to say, let's talk about that. Like, how did we all meet? You know, like we just like... Oh, yeah, no, that I think that's yeah. definitely so, relevant. Uh, I mean, I don't really know how, exactly how to begin, but I I knew Adam uh, through a friend, and Adam has been friends with Ethan, and Anthony would just showed up at the store, yeah. uh, and you guys you guys met Anthony before me. That was around, Damn. what, April? No, that was earlier. That was uh, February. Phyrexia All Will Be One. Of this year? Phyrexia All Will Be One. It was definitely before my birthday. So, yeah, before April. February yeah. was it. Because just a couple months after we met, Phyrexia All Will Be One came out. Because mm -hmm. um, I remember being really hyped about that. And, and I remember it was Adam who opened the um, complete the bundle. Yeah, I bought one of them. Yeah, and then we were talking, and that's how we really like got into. Um, commander. So we, we have just not Adam, a commander, just but like the game in general. Like, yeah, we, yeah. We, we would go to the store, and like Ethan talked to the people at the store and was like, "Hey, like, because we were we used to do like commander over like Ethan's place, but like people were busy and we weren't consistent with it. We kind of stopped playing for like a couple months, mm -hmm. and then it was like he kind of wanted to go to the store, so he like talked to the dude, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, we'll do like a commander night because we tried to orchestrate with people on the weekend and." Mm -hmm. I don't know, they didn't seem to want to, like, do during the week because, you know, we were a little busier on the weekends, or at least Ethan mm -hmm. uh, can be. So it's like, mm -hmm. we went on Tuesday, and the only other two people that showed up, because they did, like, an advertisement on their Facebook or whatever, the only other two people that showed up was Anthony and the other guy, Will. And it was mm -hmm. like, oh, that like, it, perfect. We had a pod for, like, week. it was just, like, a few weeks. It was just us. And, yeah. like, we played, and we got to know each other. And it was, like, you know, the first week, you know, I think maybe it was Ethan bought a pack for everyone, and then, like, the next week, I think, like, Will got a pack, and then, like, we just did that for, like, a month, like, everyone got a pack for each yeah. other, and then we had, like, maybe one or two extra people coming, and it was just kind of consistent. Um, I don't remember ever pulling anything of interest, but, man, was that a good, like, starting stretch. point to a friendship. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was, like, yeah. yeah. And, and Will, speaking of which, you will see... Uh, that name pop up in our podcast yeah. at some point. He tends to be a little busier, um... I'm sure he's okay with us sharing this, but he's a he's an artist, and he yeah. tends to just work on um, on projects at a whim. Um, so you'll see him pop up every once in a while. And before I forget, I also wanted to shout out our editor. I'm sorry, let's take it just a moment. But uh, Star, why don't you put something up on the screen for everybody who's watching on YouTube? <laughs> you can uh, go ahead and put your little logo or something up there. But yeah, we Star. appreciate you. Yeah, you absolutely. It. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we met, we met at the game store with Anthony and then Christos, you started showing up after you were invited and that yeah, I, I went out with, I went out with somewhere with Adam and a bunch of friends and, and, um, the friend I, the mutual friend we have was like, Hey Adam, Christos also plays magic. And Adam and I literally, we like out of the whole group, we were at like an ice cream parlor mm -hmm. and we were like isolated, just talking about magic and everyone else was just there. Yeah. yeah it was, it, it, it was, it was so kind of awkward to be honest. But we were, but like we were like glued to one another for like an hour and a half. I I remember the exact conversation because we had like dinner and then we went to go get ice cream afterwards. Yeah. And like I hadn't seen you in a, in a while. Well, I had yeah. seen you a few times yeah. through uh, our mutual friend. And the next thing you know, like I can't remember exactly what it was. I think I was just like talking about like what I do in my free time or something. And then I saw like you on your phone, 
And then I brought up, like, oh, that I play card games. Yeah. And then I said, like, you're like, oh, which games? Or I said, like, which games? Because yeah. I was asking you. And then we said Magic. And you were, like, building your deck. Because you're like, yeah, I'm getting back into it. And you were building your deck. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm building my Nekusar deck right yeah. now. And you're like, yeah. when you were working on... I was I, working on Perforos. Yeah. Time. And yeah. you're just like... And then we literally just... Like, the conversation went from, like, yeah, we're just casually talking here and there to, like, we were both just endlessly talking. Yeah, I don't and then, even remember what anyone else said. That. Yeah, our, our <laughs> other friend was just, like, oh, okay, just listening to us just nerd out on, on Magic. And then even, like, when we, we got to the leave, parking lot and we kept talking. And, and then we started like, talking yeah. about, like, Destiny as well. Yeah. It was just, like, we're just, like, oh, cool. And then we just kind of, like, so weird locked in. And then we yeah. just started talking, like, almost every day because you're, yeah. we like, talking about either Destiny or Magic. And it's, like, oh, you want to join us at the game store? We go there. And you're, like... Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I guess you guys could talk about like meeting me because like I feel like that was kind of interesting for everybody. Cause well, I had I never knew you, and Adam was yeah. just like, "Oh, I've I've been talking to this guy. I used to know him." Um, and Anthony and I had never met you before, no. and like all of a sudden you just showed up one day at the game store, and you're just like, "Oh, I I just belong here." I'm like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, well, your friend group seems like it needs a fourth, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It, it did feel very good. natural. Yeah. It, did, it felt organic. I yeah. was like, oh, these people are, like, tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I, I, if you guys want to talk more about that, I don't, you can feel free, but. Yeah, well, um, I think that this is a good kind of point to make with magic in general. Uh, it it is really community based game, like it really brings people together. If you yeah. say that you play Magic and somebody else like recognizes that name, they're like, okay, what format do you play? How do you play this game? Where do you play this game? Can I play with, against you? What you decks know, do you like playing? Yeah, what are you building a deck? Right do you want now? Arena? Let, yeah. Let's be honest. All right, there's, everyone's there's like they just play Commander now. That's that okay. is the format. All right. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I think that's kind of unfortunate. People don't but... even say they play Standard. They just say they play Arena. Okay, that's a, <laughs> that's yeah. that's what's the truth. Yeah, I, I love Standard, only on Arena. I wouldn't buy the cards. You know, I, I will say though that to, to your point, Ethan, mm-hmm. I think I think this game is um, so much about community. Like that that interaction that we I just spoke about with Adam, like the moment we both learned that we we had magic in common, it was over. You know, it's like from then on, like you said, we've been talking like almost every day. It's like boom, it's friends. Yeah, um, and I think um, just magic is a just any game, but magic specifically, I think brings people together like no other. I mm-hmm. think because especially in person, I I, I feel like that's the that's the only thing that's missing from Arena. Uh, that little, that magic, unironically, that magic is like, bring. you don't really bring people together with Arena. It's just like kind of like a play space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like... It's unfortunate a, because Arena doesn't even have a, uh, like, place to, to uh, message the other person. Like, I, it, man, if you could opt into messaging the other person, like, I understand if you don't want to see it. Of course, yeah. But if you could opt into it, I'd love to have a chat with the other person. I think that would really bring down some toxicity, too. I think, yeah, I agree. I think because uh, MTGO, you can talk to your, yeah, right. who you're facing. And it's not like I'm close friends with anybody that I met on MTGO, but uh, I've definitely talked to him a couple times when I was that. online. Right. It's just like... Oh hey, I didn't think about using that card. I was like, why did you think of that card? You know, you, you might you might not have like a full blown conversation, but it's better than just like the faceless person that you're facing on arena. It's right. like you know, and I, I'm gonna bring up this example um, because it's kind of, kind of it was similar. I, I've had interactions so many times in person where someone's like 
dude, like, that was a really interesting deck that you just played against me in standard, modern, whatever it may be. And then they're like, can I just look at your deck list? Like, you don't get that on Arena. You might I'm, Occasionally, I might have somebody add me and be like, hey, can I look at that list? Or something like that, right? Like, this, mm -hmm. this is back in, like, Ixalan. I don't know. It's probably not the way things are now. But, uh, and, but I remember specifically, like, the Return to Ravnica standard, I was playing, like, Mardu, like, Singleton, basically. I was playing, like, one of, like, Aurelia the War Leader and, like, one of, like... Mm -hmm. Burmaz and whatever and and the guy after after the game he goes what the heck is your deck and I remember I laid it all out in front of him and he was like this is incredible and like me and that guy ended up playing games together for like a year after that we would like I would like meet up with him places to draft or whatever and that's that's just lost on arena unfortunately yeah but, but uh I mean, yeah realistically when you're playing on arena most of the people would, there's also like elo right so you're gonna be put against people that have, like, similar decks or skill level. It is kind of rigged, like, you know, Arena in general. It's going to, maybe you're on a win streak. It's going to put you against a deck that's probably a little better against yours. You're going to have some, like, bad draws it in there. It is rigged. There is no kind 100% of... 100% the, like, what you draw next is rigged, it's rigged from how many times you've won. Yeah, no, I, I've seen it, and it's, it's kind of wild. But the, I guess the idea would be, like, you're kind of not getting that, like, factor of just things being random being at a game store and just having someone have some just wild ass deck mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you're gonna run into like a lot of like the same stuff and then you start getting the meta stuff because people are playing on arena are probably pretty sweaty like most likely i mean i played a little bit of arena um but i, I don't want to have to spend all the money on it and like there's those people like still want to play standard and that's just the best way to play standard mm -hmm. um i will say drafting on arena is really fun How, is. however um, I did learn that there is some big problems with it. Uh, maybe that have been resolved. You could probably speak on it, Anthony. But I, I back in the day, I guess like you could, you knew which card the because you used to not draft against people. You used to draft against computers, so you knew which card the computers were going to draft. So people would just like purposely like, okay, well that card's gonna get passed around back to me. So I'm just not gonna take it. I'm gonna take this instead. Wait, really? Yeah, and that's the way it was initially when it first came out. Oh. Uh, and and I, I'm I'm sure they fixed it. They have. Thank God, but but it's it's now you actually do it in live, like in real time with people. with other people, right? With other people, yeah. yeah. There still is a draft where you do a draft with bots. I don't know if they fix that specific problem, but there is there are drafts where okay. you just draft with bots because th those are the ones that aren't time restricted, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I think those are kind of cool just for newer players. I want to draft. I just want to say though, I think. I don't know when I say it's a problem that Arena brings, but I think being in person, dra like drafting, is a much a much better experience than Arena. Like I feel like when you're sitting there drafting with people next to your left and right, you, you know, you get to talk to them, and you know, just you might meet a new friend. It's just also it just kind of like I feel like when you're drafting in person and talking to people, it takes away from that Arena experience. Where Arena, I feel like since you're not talking about, it, you're just you're just there to win. You you kind of like you're not, you may be not enjoying the game where you, as much as you could, right? You may not be playing the the meta stuff or whatever sitting there in person drafting, but you might find something interesting that you're playing for fun, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if you're playing online, though, whether it be Arena or MTG Online, you definitely can play the decks that you would probably not play in person, right? You get to play your really mean decks or, like, super controller strategies. Because in person, you're obviously wasting people's time if you're spending... Um, you know, like having long turns or just doing something really mean. Um, and that's kind of where the more enjoyment comes from, obviously, because you could play that stuff online, but then it's like, you don't, you don't have a face to anyone you're looking at. You're just playing like a really mean deck and 
I feel like they can actually just play completely differently as well in terms of just like the decks themselves outside of like, oh yeah, I can't talk to this person, but the way you physically play is different because you don't feel bad whatsoever doing anything because you're <laughs> just playing the win. Like is a completely different environment to, to kind of expand on that. Um, I, I used to play a lot of Hearthstone on, on obviously online. And then uh, there was an e, e Elder Scrolls card game. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, but I, I know I, what you're talking about. I played yeah. that as well. Um, and across all three, four, all three, right. And even MTGO, I only played like aggro period because I just want to get to, I just want to get currency to continue to get currency to continue to open packs. But in person, I will play Demir control and sit there for two hours controlling you. But but online, I want the games to be less than five minutes if I win or lose. Mm -hmm. I just I gas out or that's it. I I just want to say I'm I when I'm just grinding my MTGO currency, my weeklies and dailies, I just go historic and I play my sliver deck. It either wins in, <laughs> it either wins in four turns or it loses. That's it. Yeah. I'm just that's all I want to say. That's well. I, th I think that's kind of sorry. Uh, but I think that's kind of like the reason that I think Paper Magic is just infinitely just superior to uh, Arena. And I think that's why Arena never really took off the way I do think Arena has a, took wanted it. I think Arena has a reason to exist. Absolutely. Like like teaching players at this point. Um so if you're an extremely experienced like player, and I would I would consider us as like towards the top of experience. We still have plenty to learn, but if you're a very experienced player, teaching a new person is like trivial. Because every single time a keyword comes up, every time, you know, a mechanic is, is introduced to them, uh, or they cast a spell or anything like that, like, you are ready to explain that to them. But if you are two new players, and you're trying to play against each other for the first time, how are you supposed to know what these cards do? I mean, except for Googling every single time a card shows up. I mean, cards have so many different mechanics nowadays. If you're just playing tabletop magic, and you picked up somebody's collection... How are you supposed to know what all those cards do? I think arenas for those people, for those people who don't or or getting into the game alone or getting into the game with a friend who is also doesn't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, I just I think I think I'm gonna be honest. I don't think arena is for new players. I think I know I know a lot of new players start with arena. I think I think I was talking to Christos about this. Is um there there's these old Magic games that used to be on the consoles and mm -hmm. the PC and. Uh, they really, they really, one, they, they really handheld you and taught you most of the mechanics of the game, but they also taught you what the colors do. Uh, green was like, you know, they give you these starter decks of each color, you choose a color. And uh, white was uh, the white weenies, green was the big creatures, red, you you know, you guys, you guys should know what yeah. most of the colors do, but I feel like that was a way better way to learn magic. I, th I think uh, Arena still does something similar, but yes. it, it but it kind of is like it's like a full stop after you after you're done doing the intro stuff. It's like okay, guys, go time to go, dive go in. draft. Yeah. you know, well, it's well, like what is cool. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, they do have the color challenges, but it's like five games per color, and then it's like good luck. If I'm so, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, because when I started playing Arena, I was like I thought it was cool, and I just like that it kind of there's a lot of like benefits to it and. The way I think about playing Paper Magic is, like, I'm imagining almost how the game plays out on Arena. Like, the stack. I think seeing the stack visually is so helpful, especially in Arena where, like, things are popping up um, on the screen. Like, I can visualize that. Like, explaining that to a new person is, like, kind of wild. Thinking about it now, it's like, well, it makes so much sense. It's, it, it's intuitive. It's, like, it's so easy to understand. But, like, you know, trying to explain it to someone 
is actually a lot more difficult than you think because people are like, wait, what? This, that? And then I think playing arena is very helpful. And I think it still evolves. So when I started playing, there's like the default like Ikoria decks or whatever. But I think for each set, they kind of update like the starter decks that you can like unlock and whatnot. So it's like evolving with the game. So it doesn't like hold you back. It's constantly bringing you to the most new thing and showing you like mechanics. And I think it does a, a good job at it. I mean, that's coming from my perspective though, right? Like when I was a newer player getting that introduction, I didn't think it was that bad, but you guys might think, you know, back in the day, what we used to play was way more interesting and, like, helpful. I, I think, I think um, back in the day, like, you had the starter decks that you had to buy in person, right? Because MTG Arena, MTGO didn't even exist in, for a, a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you'd have, like, a starter deck, and th- that starter deck would be basically the equivalent of those starter decks on Arena. Um, and, yeah, it would give you the basics, but, like, yeah, there's no there's no explaining the stack. There's... I mean, it, and so, uh, thankfully, there's like reminder text for some of the mechanics. But like, arena, to your point, is very useful for a new player. But to your point, Anthony, is also like very detrimental to a new player because once they're they hit those five or six games, they can continue to go back and play through those color games and just like, okay, I want to I want to do all the blue games again and I'll do them all. But they don't get a good sense of game knowledge and they don't get a good sense of how to build decks. I think it kind of like um, it with with players that come from arena. I think they kind of fall back on net decking a lot. They just look up what's the best. Sure. And and it, and yes. I think back in the day, you would buy that starter deck and you'd be like, okay, I bought this burn starter deck that's mono red, only burn spells or something like that. And you you look you look up, you Google like you go on like Wizards of the Coast uh, or what is that website? Gather, Gather and and like try to you you type in like deal damage in red and right and that's, <laughs> that's how you what used, I did. Yeah. That's how you used to build decks, but I feel like now uh, with Arena promotes this other culture where it's like I'm just gonna look up what's the best and play that, and I'm gonna buy packs until yeah. I, I I can build it. And I've seen that a lot where at people who start nowadays with like the whole like. The internet and EDH rec and especially EDH rec. Honestly. Oh yeah. But there are, it's it's almost like a chore to get people or a it, it's hard to get people away from that. Like somebody who starts in like the last few years, I feel like has a little bit more, and you and you still have your free will to like figure this out. But you you have more of a tendency towards just net decking, building what's strongest. Um, whereas it used to be sort of just lay them out in front of you and figure it out. And that's how I still build decks. I, I just think, um, I, I'm not sure, I don't know the full algorithm of Arena. I just know my very first game when I hopped in Arena, my very first time after finishing the tutorial or whatever, I just took the starter deck they gave me and it, it put me right against a competitive standard uh, life gain deck. And I was, I, I, I couldn't do anything. I was basically watching him play the game and so, of course, like immediately, I was like, okay, well, I need to go look up the meta standard decks. Like, because I was just hot, I didn't know what the state, like, I was hopping back into standard for the first time, basically. So I didn't know what was going on. What was, I was just trying to see, hey, can I just use this starter, uh, starter deck and actually do anything? The answer is no. Uh, and unless you're going against another equivalent starter deck, then I'd say they're all pretty balanced. But the most likely, you're, the people you're going to play with are already geared up their deck or whatever. And I, I think it's not fair. So maybe if, they somehow like you can play against other starter decks when you're first playing then maybe it might be a, a good experience but i think otherwise people are just going to go what's the new strongest deck i think that's kind of a good transition to kind of like what we wanted to talk about next but uh kind of the current state of magic right um i think i think back in the day uh i could go buy those dual decks and be like all right anthony 
I'm going to play the Jace dual deck, and you're going to play the Braska dual deck, right? Yep. And and then and then we you can just play them right like that out of the box, right and, the and, box. and we can even swap decks and learn a completely new style of play. Like or like even the other one that comes to mind is like Merfolk versus uh, uh, Goblins, yeah. and that's that's literally like two completely different styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is um, where again, um, kind of like the game has just changed. That's not dead though. I think I think you're not taking into account um, because yes, the dual decks are great. The jumpstart decks, jumpstart packs do something very similar. I feel. Well, and, and if you don't know what, what jumpstart is, so jumpstart is um, where it's a pack of twenty cards, themed pack, themed pack. So you open it up, it goes, okay, this is a Phyrexian pack. It has all the basic lands you need and all of the cards that you need to combine with one other themed pack. Shuffle them together, and you're ready to play. Straight up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that's what they do. So what people don't like about them is they're not great value, um, but the dual uh, decks never were at the time either. Um, yeah, you'd usually buy them like for the face card or something. Or yeah. Like, or, well, so they're still rare. So they're, yeah. so what's different is that they're not set. Um, the Jumpstart packs are, first of all, they're a different theme, but even within the theme, it can be different rares and everything. But... I found that to be a very a much more decent way of teaching a new player than even the dual decks. Because if you buy four jumpstart packs each, you can mix up so many different games with that. Well, I saw a lot on like the They're cheap. Uh, Magic the Gathering subreddit for when Lord of the Rings came out. They also had a uh, kind of like dual deck thing where they had themed decks um, for you to play right out of the box. I can't remember what it was called, but there was the Lord of the Rings one where it literally had like I think elves and like something else. I don't know if it was like goblins or something. Talking um, about starter. There was like that starter kit or whatever. It was uh, Sauron and orcs versus um, like, like elves, uh, food tokens. Oh yeah, but and like I saw a lot of people posting like love Lord of the Rings, getting into it, and they were playing those decks, and yeah. people were like, I really like it. Like yeah. it versus Sauron. It was a, the theme. They still do that, and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a nice way to because they give you the codes for arena when you buy those decks. Mm-hmm. I think that's a cool way. Uh, okay. To get an arena as well. I love that. Yeah, yeah that's cool. The yeah. codes for the exact deck list. Yep. And it gives you everything? It gives, gives you everything. everything. The, oh, no kidding. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, especially so you for play a new with player. your friend, and then you go, okay, what what can this deck do against other people? Mm. So I, I feel like there's a lot of negative... And to, to come back around to the state of the game, I feel like there's a lot of negativity around Magic right now in terms of maybe, maybe the, the financial value of Magic and maybe the sort of overwhelming amount of different cards and all of this. But I feel like people don't give enough credit to the positive sides of Magic nowadays. I think Arena tied in like something like that can do a lot of good. And I think um, these, you know, things that they're trying to do, these jumpstart packs, these um, introductory packs, they, they just created a, um, a article about revitalizing standard. Um, and... Maybe they got off, off course there for a little bit, but I have I have to say this podcast should probably have a good amount of positivity in it um, because I'm I'm pretty positive about Magic overall. We wouldn't be playing if we weren't. I think right now is a really good time, and can be argued that it's one of the best times to be getting into the game. Like it, the, it is cheaper now for a lot of people to get in. I know we were kind of discussing before about is Commander the best format to jump into, and that's probably a topic for know, its own its episode. Own. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that like it is easy to jump into, there's a lot of people who you know want to kind of get into and find a group of people that can be their friends and have something to do because it is a very social game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Commander, but even other ways of playing the game. 
outside of arena, kind of like we were discussing. But I think right now is a great time to get into the game financially for like people that are investing and kind of like the side of Ethan that is he's more interested in that side at the moment, like kind of working on the cardboard crash course in general. It's a little volatile, but like for new players, like cards are cheap. You can get into it really easily. You can learn a lot about the game. You get to play with a lot of different cards. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is a great time for people to get into magic. And that's kind of why we want to just do a lot of content in general, kind of looping back to how we started the entire podcast was just like, we're really passionate about the game. And like Anthony wants to make decks and he thinks it's really interesting having that challenge. I always find it really interesting to like look at a commander and like, oh, getting really excited instantly about like, oh, that's a, that card would go great. And like maybe finishing off the decks a little harder for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, that's kind of what I'm interested in making like more shorts content where there's like, I have a lot of information for like one thing, but maybe not enough to make like a full like deck tech video. Maybe like that Anthony would be interested in. Um, And then everyone else kind of has their own style and thing that they're interested and passionate in. And that's what we're here at the cardboard crash course to do is to just make videos and and work with the community Mm -hmm. and kind of communicating with people and patrons to make deck techs for them, open packs and just, yeah, in, in general. I, I, I think that's an interesting transition because um, I came from an era where there weren't many content creators for Magic back in the day, and I currently consume no Magic the Gathering content at all. Um, so this is, like, very unique to me. Um, but uh, from what I hear, it is a little saturated. I feel like there's uh, there's been a boom since I've been gone. Um I remember like watching like basic gameplay videos like with like a terrible like iPhone camera, you know, or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like that was like the extent of like I'd watch it like one in the morning and like in sitting in bed and being like I can't even read this card. Yeah, I'll say uh, I I can kind of relate to Christos like back when I was playing uh, Magic when I first started playing the, the only real content I had was watching the tours uh uh like the the vods and uh, stuff like that and like watching pro players play. Uh, that was pretty much what MTG content was back then. Uh, it's, after I took a break and came back, I started watching like most of the YouTubers now, uh, not to name anyone in specific, but I was just like watching them to just try to catch myself back up to the game because uh, I didn't really have anyone to play with and I didn't really know who to bounce stuff off of. So that was probably the best way to get back is watching content creators. The game has changed. The landscape in general, and we were kind of talking about it before, but that is one of the biggest things is just how social media has affected the game in general. Like yeah. people before didn't have any kind of way to really like put a deck together. They just, they had to put it down in front of their face. They didn't have any, like there was like tapped out and stuff, I think. Cause those are yeah. definitely older sites, but now you have like all these competing websites to build your decks and then you have people making videos and it's like, it's just, it's a helpful tool for sure. But it kind of does take away from like the magic literally of magic where it's like, yeah. you just put cards you have together. And I've played with a couple people at like game stores and stuff. They're like, they're like, yeah, this deck's not that good because I just put my personal collection in there. Like, and yeah, like I, I have, I have a, I, we, we know a friend, uh, or one of my friends, Justin, that like, he doesn't make, he didn't even put deck lists online. He like, he just looks in his collection, whatever he has, he has, he does research maybe occasionally, but like he only works with what he has period. And granted he knows a lot about magic because he's been playing probably longer than I have. Uh, so he has a massive collection and so, like, when he's, like, he'll remember, like, oh, yeah, I should put that obscure green card from Lorwyn in this deck, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he'll just remember it. That's just how he is. He's a robot. But, uh, <laughs> but in in, uh, as, in in the same respect, though, uh, to what you were saying about social media changing kind of the dynamic of the way um, players approach the game, there is so many uh, resources for them now that, like, weren't available to me. Like, Tapped Out was, like, like, if you go to a game store back in the day you may have somebody with a tapped out list. Mm-hmm. Maybe. 
uh, then there was some other some other websites as well that um, they utilized back then, but none of them were very good. Now, like you said, they're the markets huge like there's i think there's like five or six websites that i've even like seen with just you and me adam talking alone i I wouldn't say that the because of that i don't think the market is necessarily saturated i just think it it, it, um it gives a lot of people more resources to enter the game i think the barrier of entry to the game is very low now but i think at the same time once you're in the game you basically have you need you need like a helper yeah. for as like an encyclopedia almost the the i feel like the floor and the ceiling have both expanded Moved, yeah like like it used to be pretty set like standard release standard release standard release here's the block that's it but now it's like okay you've got how many different formats you've got how many different ways to enter the game um the floor, yes, is all the way down, but the ceiling is so high. I yep. mean, how in the world is somebody supposed to look at, like, a stun counter, a day and night, a dungeon, a morph, morph, uh, <laughs> like, just horsemanship. I mean, I'm talking, like, so many different things from throughout the game, and, like, now, because all those things are available, you don't just have draft block. You have, like, okay, however many tens of thousands of cards are, are available to me, I have to figure this out. It's like there's a lot of like exponential growth, or at least kind of the way I'm seeing it. I, I could be wrong about about some of this, but it just kind of thinking about it as we're talking, just the idea that as more um, content is available online, like that probably contributes to the power creep of the game because now things become meta much quicker. It's yeah. just kind of like the information spreading quicker, so like everything's developed quicker. So that's why they need to constantly be coming out with maybe new sets because stuff can get boring. Uh, it takes like a longer time for people to kind of determine what's the best or um, what cards are the best and what's meta. So now they need to have more products and better cards to constantly keep people engaged because we're just at a point in time where a lot of people lose interest really quickly in games. Um, so the, the game has definitely changed for sure. And that's kind of how I got introduced to it. So it is different for me. Um, I would like to argue maybe that it's kind of always maybe been like that. I know that's probably a, a hot take. A whole take. other discussion. Yeah. But yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's well, a lot of intricacies to it. I think the best, I think Wizards of the Coast, and, and to a bigger extent Hasbro's biggest advertiser are the fans themselves. If you could put, uh, you could put magic on Hot Pockets, right? You can put magic in... But don't they have Hot Pockets? That's what I mean. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, yeah. You can do all this stuff. Nothing compares to a YouTuber passionately making a video about a new commander coming out, like and getting hundreds of thousands of views, um, or even just like to their small little following, and then that following tells more people. But there's no better advertising than just giving the fans what they want. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah, that's that's exactly the, that's the number one advertiser. You, it's about planting the seed. I mean, that's just marketing one hundred and one, really. It's just like, how do you how do you get in the brain of the consumer and like how do, and 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 make them basically a believer. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah, I mean, we're all believers. I mean, I believe in the game. I'll, I, yeah. I'll openly say that, like, it's working, but, like, I don't think it's completely evil that it's working. I, I think that they're, they've taken a few missteps in the recent past, for sure. But, like, in general, the designers of the game still seem like they really care. Well, don't forget, yeah. they're, like, a year in the, into the fu- future of the game, right? So they were releasing something, they already worked on that like a year ago. They're not going to instantly know. They can't get instant feedback. So it does take time for the game to kind of fix itself if they made mistakes. Yeah. I will say, I think that's a good way, a good a good spot to like kind of transition. Uh, I think that like we share very different perspectives, I think, um, amongst the four of us in terms of like how we approach the game, 
what we think about the current state of the game, what we think about like Watsi's like approach to what they're doing, etc. And I think, of course, that's a whole other discussion, maybe for a whole other podcast. I think we could probably talk about just that idea for like maybe hours. Uh, but I think that it is, uh, I think that's something that with this podcast in general, I think that's going to be a very interesting part of our dynamic just as people mm -hmm. uh, in the world of magic. Because I think uh, kind of what Ethan said before, I think we all very much enjoy the game obviously right otherwise we wouldn't be here uh but magic in general i think has like this special like spice that like it it's just such a huge game with so much longevity that like you can go and buy four or five packs a person right and build a deck with one another and just like and that's just like organic right you can just do that and figure it out or like a, there the, that's that's what the that's where the barrier of entry is currently i think it's like mm -hmm. that simple um and I think that that is never a bad thing. And it's especially the way you said, Ethan, about like the marketing of it, et cetera. Um, but uh, I think that uh, just to kind of transition back to what I was saying before, I think that this podcast is going to be a very uh, good spot for everybody to kind of come and see different perspectives and kind of like, oh, I identify more with this person or, or this person and um, kind of see your opinion be uh, vocalized maybe through one of us. I like that you said that because that's kind of exactly what I was thinking. I'm, we're hoping that everyone that can that comes to this channel and listens to uh, whether it be the podcast or any videos kind of maybe aligns with someone on the channel. They kind of like, oh, I like this guy's perspective or I like to see the dynamic between everyone's different perspectives. Um, and that's just what I'm most excited for because I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be interested in the content. And I feel that we are passionate about the game in, in different ways. And there's just so many possibilities with the game in general. If a game like chess can have millions and millions of different possibilities and play differently every time a game like this where there's thousands of game pieces yeah. right like it's insane like there's just so yeah. many possibilities and that's what's really intriguing about it and i think that's what a lot of players or at least yeah. people like me got so interested in you like you just get lost in it i know that there's somebody in like we're listening to the podcast right now going no one cares just give me anthony's deck text yeah. they're like dude yeah, I got plenty. Get get over this. I'm just here for the deck text. Like I'm just here for the power. Give it to me. Fifty dollars. Give me the most powerful thing out there. <laughs> even even like even in that though, I think that even if if you put me and me and uh, Anthony in a room, we have very different philosophies. Sure. Even though you love building, building decks. Yeah. We sure. Maybe even equally so. Right. But like we just approach the game in such a different dynamic, and I not to not to kind of like well, we're going to touch on it really quick. But when me and Anthony first met, we were very opposites in, very. Ter in, in terms of like the way we approach the game. And I think that over time we've kind of like kind of crept towards it. Maybe maybe, maybe not maybe not like a compromise, but like he he kind of was like okay, cool. Like the it was it was it, like I think it like shifted the way you thought about the game, and the same for me. You build it how you want to build yeah. it, and I'll build it how you how I want to build it, and we'll both be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. No bad blood. I'll, right. No, no, no. I'll say, I'll say. Uh, I, honestly, I love that I met Christos because I definitely before meeting Christos, I viewed the game in a I I built my decks to find the the win as fast as possible, and the win was you know basically winning. Like there was no like. I played the card and I could win. It was it was winning. It it was an infinite or something like that. Very you know, like I said I, at the beginning, I, I was a tryhard. I am a tryhard. I still am. But meeting Christos, I found more funner ways to uh, win the game with that isn't necessarily like an infinite or a combo or anything like that. And and um, I think I started to enjoy those wins more because it seems I don't know earned. 
Exactly, earned. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, definitely when Christos and I join heads to make a deck, that deck is mean. So I, I love, and I'm excited. Well, first of all, I just want to say this. Anyone that's still listening, I mean, really appreciate Kudos. it. Thank you so oh, much. Man, yeah, absolutely. leave like uh, I need you to leave like a cheese emoji in yeah. the comments if you made it this far. Yeah. Like I'm looking, I will be looking for the stinky cheese. My yeah. nose will be <laughs> will be sniffing the comments section um, because I appreciate all of you. Yeah, seriously appreciate everyone that has even listened, even if it's a little bit. Um, but. I, I did want to get kind of the point of just, like, I'm really excited to finally kind of get into a lot of these videos. Like, so far, I feel like our interaction has been, like, supernatural, and I feel like we've already gotten pretty comfortable with it. It was maybe a little rocky start, but um, I'm excited to do, like, live streams or, like, long videos because when we're just, like, in Discord doing, like, one deck tech, just, you'll see the interactions of just, like... Yeah. Chris does being, oh, well, why is that card in the deck? Why is that... Oh, I don't know about that. And I'm like, well, this, and he's like... Yeah, I'd rather have, like, a basic land in my hand. Like, screw that. Like, I'm not having, like, and yeah. I'm like, okay, that's a fair point. Or I'd be like, oh, but I really want to play that card. And you're like, okay, we'll go back to it later. And yeah. then, like, there's just so much interaction. So I'm excited for those videos, too. Yeah. So so sort of the, to pivot, um, we want to talk about the specific projects we have in mind and sort of, like, where the channel's going. Um, uh, not just our philosophies, but what you can actually expect out of subscribing to the channel. Um so we want to have these two podcast episodes a month. We want to keep it to a consistent two a month to start with here. If you guys are loving it, um, we might increase it, but that's a down the road um, thing. I want to sort of keep the quality of the podcast up while um, keeping the quantity a little lower for now. Uh, we do have shorts coming. I know everybody loves shorts. Even people who aren't subscribed to short um, love shorts. But also... Um, our main focus is going to be those deck techs um, because it's it's an entry point to the game uh, in a way that not only you can you subs uh, subscribe to the idea of a deck and like, okay, yeah, you're given the deck list, but you're also being explained why things are in the deck, why uh, we're playing it this way, sort of how to pilot the deck alongside the deck tech. And that's why we're called the Crash Course is because we don't just give you the information, we explain it to you um, like we're your professor. That also goes along with uh, the, the Patreon that we already have set up. And to the five of you that are already patrons, and especially um, shout out to our professor, Turtle Dude. Um, Big ups. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I'm even met him at Gen Con. He's, oh, really? Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Appreciate you. But uh, if you are part of the Patreon, you're getting two things. Uh, well, you're getting a community, but you're also getting two specific things. First of all, is a pack of the month. Um, support for the crash course is already being offset um, by a YouTube video a month to you, uh, opening the pack for you, explaining sort of a couple of decks that, that the cards in it could go into, um, just for fun. Set packs for the $8 patrons, collector packs for the $25 patrons. Um, we've already started doing it this past month. Also, uh, even a more exciting thing, um, you also can get a poll and a vote um, towards which of the deck techs that we did, which of the budget deck techs that we did for that month, you'd like to see upgraded. Um, and if you can't decide on one of those, you can also suggest your own. First of all, in our first stream, we had uh, Paul Wooten um, down in the comments constantly like, saying how great our quality is and everything, and I appreciate you, Paul, but he gave us our first tech deck idea, um, which is going to be General Ferris Roderick, if you recognize the name. No? It's a Boros Commander. It's a, yeah. not. General Ferris Roderick with a $50 budget on Golem Tribal. So whenever you uh, cast a multicolored spell, you create like a 3-3 Golem, I think is what it does. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. And there's a lot of 
fun, interesting. Hey, Boros, yeah. 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 That's interesting. So even if you're not a patron, we appreciate you a lot. I appreciate you a lot. I know everybody else does here. You can suggest anything. Um, we're going to be making the crash course to the people, you know, viewing it. Um, so that'll be coming out and we'll see the quality of that um, and we'll sort of go from there. It's going to be a learning experience. Absolutely. And I, I, th- I wanted to speak more about like the community aspect of it because I do, I do believe that this podcast, this channel, whatever you want to say about it, I think we are going to be community first. Mm-hmm. Be it like out of our Discord or as a patron, I think as long as you're part of the community, you are able to contribute in some facet. We're going to be running polls. We're going to be like for, for, for small things even like we're going to be like, hey, guys, here's five commanders. Vote on one, and we'll make a short about how to like these top five cards that you should yeah. put in it. Budget cards, expensive cards. We'll we'll figure it out. But we want to make sure that we're doing this first and foremost with the community yeah. as somebody that is kind of our catalyst. It's like a give and take. We like we we will give you as much as you want, and you guys can take it all. And I, we have no problem with that as long as you guys give it like kind of like um, tell us what you want to see, and we'll probably end up making it. Mm-hmm. And uh, constant. Like you said, using that community tab on YouTube and using the Discord even more. All four of us are in the Discord. Um, you can find the Discord at CardboardCrashCourse.com. That's where you can find anything to do with the channel, the store, the Patreon, the Discord. Um, we we do all sorts of things for you guys. So um, you can just message me directly if you you know want to see something in particular. In, in the dead space where no one's suggesting things, we're going to do our crazy, random, personal projects. Yeah. But uh, we'll always keep you first and foremost. Yeah, I think eventually we um, just kind of like to give you guys a little bit more perspective on what to expect. I think that we, first of all, we have like a lot of ideas just as a group. Uh, but I think that like outside of the community driven stuff that we were talking about just now and how Ethan said, we have like our own projects, right? And I think like seeing like our own like first decks or our, our pet decks or like like cards that we find just very interesting or like obscure things, you know, I think there's a lot to be excited about for you guys in the future and a, and a lot to expect from us. Cause I, I think just from the four of us, since we come from very different perspectives, uh, we are going to kind of be almost like, I don't want to say chaotic, but much more interesting than your average, like, but we channel. all still love the game, but we all still love the game equally for different yeah, reasons, for different reasons. It, yeah. it is. We are a very interesting group uh, in terms of our perspectives, because I think that we it's like a, a Venn diagram where we all overlap a little bit, but we all have like a big chunk of us that is very different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Anthony already did the first deck tech on Ruxa for me. Speaking, speaking like of different uh, perspectives, I don't even like making deck tags. I just do it because I have to. <laughs> or I don't even like making my own decks. No, but um, I'm not quite as uh, creative. I'm more of a professional mind to all of this, which I think is needed as well. But you're going to say something? Well, yeah, I was going to just say uh, I looked up that commander. Uh, that <laughs> well, I just, wow. I Honestly, I have so many ideas already with that deck, and uh, I'm going to enjoy really building it. But... To go off the the Ruxa, I was like, um, I had a certain way. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make it competitive budget. And then uh, (laughs) Ethan was like, I really want uh, classification right in there. And I was like, all right, I'll make room for it. So it's like, you know, if if we somehow, like, you know, if the Patreon wanted like a certain card or certain theme to go in the deck, I I enjoy, you know. uh, Challenge. Yeah, challenge, right. Uh, So, you know, 
Not I, just yeah, not right, just yeah, the commander, yeah, yeah. but like give us a theme. Yeah, too. theme. Yeah. If that's what you want, then I'll, I'll I'll make it happen. You know, and then Christos loves you know making decks just as much. Oh, as yeah, like, dude, I need that huge cat artwork. And yeah, hey, that, I, if like, that's all you want is cat artwork, then we'll do that as well. So I love that card. I don't. That modification is a good one of my favorite artworks. Yeah. So good. I think uh, I think we kind of are at like a closing point. Yeah, yeah uh, I think so. I, I do want to say though, I think um, if any of you guys are that are still listening or anybody that is involved in the Discord, Patreon, whatever it may be, I think um, if you guys please be vocal about any content you guys want to see, we are very active and we'll look at pretty much every comment, if not like every deck tech that you guys suggest, we'll probably end up doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, be active and we will interact equally so. Uh, but yeah, I'll let Ethan kind of close us out. Yeah, unless anybody else um, wants to add to that, I'm going to wish you guys a great rest of your day. Uh, you Be looking for the next podcast two weeks um, from the point of this one uploading. Also expect to see some community tab polls and everything going up, um, and we'll get some shorts going. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Like, I've had so yeah, much fun I'm with this podcast. Excited. Yeah. And I think it turned out well. I'm looking forward to listening to it myself, honestly. Um, So I hope you guys all enjoy it. I'm also looking forward to one more time. uh, We're going to shout out Star for editing the podcast. Um, I'm going to be looking forward to his work. And yeah, Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. Have a fantastic rest of your day, you all. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.